Scotty, 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 guess what, guess what, guess what? I have absolutely no idea. We're sitting next to each other, but nobody can see it because fortunately for our listener, this is merely a podcast and not video. So for, for people like us who have great faces for, for podcast, um, it's a it's a lucky thing. But since this never happens, except for essentially once a year maybe, we can we can make our holiday Christmas spectacular look back show and just make it up as we go along because our crack team of of, of interns and writers and and whoever else would be here software engineers crack crack team or crap team did you say? <laughs> I think it's one and the same but Scotty since you know you you're going to get on a plane tomorrow to return home um, and this is probably your umpteenth million time here in the sunny perfect Bay Area. Um, what's your most enduring impression from this year? Of the sunny Bay Area or just in general? Life, life, whatever you want to talk about. Because remember, we can talk about whatever we want because what's what's our one half fractional listener going to do? Not listen to us anymore? <laughs> that is true. Well, they could make a New Year's resolution to not listen. No, they can't do that. That would be a terrible thing to do. All right, so one listener, what do we got to send you to not make that resolution? Okay, so this year, what have I learned this year? Um... Yeah, uh, shipping software is hard. Oh, I could have told you that. Oh, yeah, I know. We've known that for a long time, haven't we? But uh, I think just uh, picking up, we picked up Moneywell about a year ago. And if you'd said to me uh, in a year's time, this is how far you would have got, I'd have said, no, you must be joking. We'll be a lot further than that. And it's just, uh, and I know it's because, you know, working for clients and everything as well, but actually just getting good quality software out the door takes a long time and so i guess have i learned that this year no i knew that anyway that has been reinforced that's my reinforcement lesson of the year so what about you what's 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 your reinforcement or have you learned new stuff uh no well i would say two things first of all i have to ref- tell you that you should just change the name from money well to money pit yeah <laughs> did you have you seen that movie the money pit no it's a, it's a really bad 1980s rom-com. We'll put a link in the show notes for people who have uh, nothing better to do on lazy afternoons over the holidays when they've not been in work for 10 days and they really feel that they've run out of life to do. They can watch The Money Pit. <laughs> or they could just listen to us. They should call it Time Pit or you know, Existence Pit. Now, I would say that the overall thing that I've learned this year or just had reinforcing that, that debugging is like just the least difficult thing of software engineering is writing code and the the least difficult part of debugging a system uh, debugging a system is is the is your local debugger and your local IDE meaning that if you've got a problem and it involves a system like an app at, at the scale of Netflix any particular problem you may have is like you know uh, it takes a lot of time to be able to figure out where the actual problem is. Is it on the client side? And if it's on the client side, is it your code? Is it somebody else's code that you're using that you didn't understand? Or is it a problem with the data that's coming across? And if it's the data that's coming across, is it a problem with with somebody's API or the mechanism in which it gets packaged up and delivered to you? Or if it involves metadata or, or some piece of data that, that's not uh, available, is that a normal thing that should not be there? Or is it an exception that's not there? And, and you know, do you have to kind of rewrite things to make it much more uh, guarding against missing data, which is probably a good idea? Or is it really the if, if something is missing in some piece of thing, is there a problem with a system somewhere? And so in order to effectively debug, you really have to have lots of relationships with lots of people. And that's something that is, you know, nobody's going to teach you in a coding boot camp. You only kind of really learn that over over time. And if you do master that skill or you do work on it, it makes life a lot easier. 
Okay, there's two things that you've said that I just want to really agree with. It's end of year, we'll have an agreement, agree, agreeing episode. Uh, firstly, the easiest part of writing software is writing code. Totally agree. So like with MoneyWell, uh, some of the code is not easy that we're writing, but it's not the big problem. The problem is deciding often how your software should work, what your software should do, uh, what you can or can't change when something is already existing. I think you know the difficulty in, in software and a lot of the skill in software is choosing what to write, when to write it, where to write it. So, yeah, totally agree with that. And I guess, yes, another part of um, uh, the way software, I think, is very different now, uh, particularly um, you know, personal software. I mean, maybe in the enterprises, it's always been the same. Uh, but software isn't in isolation anymore. You're, whatever you're working on is probably having to work with 10 other things or five other things that you're reliant on. And you know, it's, it's not just down to when you wrote, your app and it used some text files and you know, it was all down to you and it's always going to be virtually your problem or the OS's problem. Now those problems can be anywhere. And I think the way we debug the skill set and the mindset of uh, uh, looking for things is probably quite different now. Although some of the, I think the, the skills you use to do that are the same. The way you've got to put your mind is different. But has that changed this year? We're talking about a reflective theory. Is that any different to the start of this year? No, I actually think the software industry has probably not changed this year. Can you think of anything that has changed our industry this year that where we're saying, well, it will never be the same again after 2019? Not even remotely, no. But, you know, kind of amplifying something I was saying earlier, is I, you know, I, I, I do remember fondly when I was working with Cappuccino that when there was a problem, you know, uh, Francisco Tomaski would always say, can you, can you give us a reduction? And I thought, wow, what a compact, you know, wonderful phrase that was. And, and, and it, it basically kind of, can you, can you make the simplest program possible that shows the, 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 the problem? And that's the glorious thing. If you can kind of very succinctly reproduce a problem, it's great, you know, because then it makes it that much easier to, to, to fix it. But, and, and, and there's a certain psychology of it because everybody's busy at a company and especially at towards the end of the year where you're always trying to kind of get everything wrapped up so that you can close your laptop hopefully for a couple of weeks. So if, if you come and say, Hey, I've got a problem. And like, uh, I think this is how you reproduce it. And, or, uh, you do this and you do that. And then you kind of, you know, stand on two legs and, and, and breathe and, and it's, it's terrible. And, and you just become a burden to somebody else because, you know, you remind them that they're probably, you know, that you, they may already kind of say, yeah, it's probably a problem we have, but you know, I don't have m- much, you know, easier time reproducing it than you do. And if you're just telling me about it and so it's, you know, everybody feels bad, but when you're able to re- reproduce something and we have uh, tools inside REPLs, and I'm sure that's an acronym for something I should know, but it basically, it's, it's a very simple way to be able to take a certain context. You have a user logged in, you have a profile, you, you have basically something that's set up without any of the normal UI you would expect, but you, you, you do become that user, you do become that profile, you do get assigned to, to a set of A-B tests or whatever, um, and then you can make requests to our various APIs. And, and then you can, you know, if you can show a problem, what's nice about it is then you can click on a link that shares it and then it will produce something that you can, you can with the exact same context, fetch the data using either you know either this web tool or as as essentially as a curl that you can execute in 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 the command line curl my gosh that's been around forever and still super valuable tool but you know getting it down to that crystalline place it's a great feeling when you do that i had this wonderful experience you know earlier this week where there was a problem kind of similar to what i described there was 
I, I can't kind of say the exact details of it, but something was was not quite right. And and you know, it, it, once I could reduce it to that, make that 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 that, it was then very very easy for for us to see that that there were you know multiple things that needed to be done. There's the kind of immediate term fix. There's the question about kind of should data be in that state, and then another question about kind of should request for multiple paths of data in, in one request. If one fails, what should happen to the other ones? Or how do errors get bubbled up? How do you communicate and, and, you know, an answer to something? So this this has been something that I've I've kind of enjoyed getting much, much better at this year is all our backend stuff. And that's largely due to, you know, the yeoman efforts of of folks that that took us from having a groovy backend to a node quark backend. And my gosh, it's so much easier and so much nicer. And, and uh, so I'm very happy about that. How about you? What's the you know aside from 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 watching your future go down the drain with no I should say money pit <laughs> with with money pit? It, it sounds like you know you you've you talked a lot about uh, about syncing and and all the things that you've had to to deal with and trying to find this good solution for that and that must have been somewhat satisfying, no? Yeah, yeah, it's it it has been. Um, sync is hard. Who knew? <laughs> I think that's been a statement for a long time. Um, I had a couple of. Uh, People shout out on Twitter actually about um, we spoke a few weeks ago about how we were using Firestore, which is a part of the Firebase suite. Now it's the back end, and there was a, uh, some uh, surprises that uh, you know you, you said iCloud was a black box. Why am I now using this black box? But it's you know, so I guess you know iCloud really is a black box. You cannot see into iCloud. You cannot especially see into somebody else's iCloud. Whereas, you know, an online store, even though Firebase is, I don't know all the APIs behind it, I don't know what it's written in, I don't know where Google's hosting it. So from that aspect of things, it's a black box. But I can see the data on the server. I can go and delete the data on the server, which is sometimes all you need to do in syncing is clear clear the cache so it can start again. Um, so it's, uh, it's not really a black box. But learning what is appropriate, you know, once you've got, it's not just again about code. We've now got people's, financial information on whether or not even our servers are other people's servers so that's a, a responsibility so obviously this now has to all be encrypted so that we can't read it google can't read it nobody can read it um but at the same time we've got to be able to understand it in case we need to fix it so then there's maybe some metadata around the encrypted data that help us to not identify financials but identify problems and everything so yeah, and it's and there's no right way, and you keep playing, and you never really know when something's working, you know, because it works for you and three other people in the office. You know, does it work when you stick a thousand, two thousand, five thousand, ten thousand people on it? And again, just picking up what you were saying about reducing things to the simplest possible um, thing is, is I when I'm starting something now, I very rarely go to money one and just start doing it. I'll normally just say, well, this is what I'm thinking of doing. I'm going to write a little app to do it first and prove it. So for syncing, I'll write a little syncing app just to sync. You know, it was a couple of strings between between the app initially just to just to try this stuff out. And that whole idea of reducing something down to the smallest thing you can get is a, a massive time saver. You don't have to worry about any of the other stuff around it. Um, and again, you know, just you were saying about when you were trying to uh, talk of stuff out with cappuccino and they would say you know can you reduce this down it's like the same if you're filing a radar to apple and well, they're not radars anymore they're feedback um as you know you know if you just say well this crashes when you do this that 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 radar is very unlikely to ever even get read 
or one, no, it's likely to get read. It's not unlikely to get read more than once. Um, yeah, if you're going to do a bug report, you've got to put in, you know, here's all the steps to produce it. And actually, here is a really, really small focus sample code app, an app that does exactly what I've just said it is with actually nothing in it other than what is necessary to make this bug happen. Because those type of bugs, as as an engineer, firstly, it's easier to prove that there is a problem. And as an engineer and see what it is, they're... Um, more likely to try and fix it because you've got something you can work with. Whereas just saying, oh, it crashes for me. You know, how many times someone says, oh, it crashes for me? Well, it doesn't crash for me. Move on. Move on. So, uh, yeah, I think I mean, syncing has been the center of my life this year. Read loads on syncing um, in doing stuff. Uh, not sure that it's helped in any way at all other than fixing it. But, um, yeah. So, okay, let me ask you a question then. All right. So, uh, as it, as it's as it's Christmas for those of us who celebrate Christmas and um there are other present giving uh types of uh, um festivals at this time of year and even if you're not into any of those giving presents is good anytime. So, well, uh let's do a present thing. If if someone had come to you and said, "Look, I'm a I'm a new developer and I want some presents. Um I've got my uh my my Mac and I've got Xcode, you know, what 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 present can you give me to make my life better on my machine as a developer? What would you What would you buy for them, or what would you purchase for them, or just download as open source and pretend you bought it for them? Gosh, I mean, if it was hardware, I'd make sure they have a big ass monitor, a BAM, um, because I've, I've come to realize how much nicer it is um, just to be able to have split screens, multiple things, not have to to, to kind of keep shuffling windows around. I, I, I've now come to realize that you know I, I bring my laptop back and forth with me i plug it in and i just can't do anything until it's all plugged in and and my mouse is connected i use an external mouse i I find it uncomfortable to use the trackpad so and then i think by the same token i I still appreciate having a standing desk and one that has presets so i can sit sometimes stand sometimes but i would say that you know it's 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 whatever is is needed to make you comfortable if you're going to be staring at a screen standing or sitting for many many hours you better make sure you're not kind of you know causing terrible problems for for your body for for staying stuck in one place and in one position and you may think oh i don't have to think worry about it you do it doesn't take long for it to to really you know cause physical harm that you you just don't need to have um and so and then i think in the case of software i think things that are are, are playgrounds you know that 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 i've now come to realize that that that, you know the REPL that i described is a kind of a playground if i want to explore how an api works it makes it very very easy to be able to say how can i get this data and what might the response look like and then it makes life so much easier because from there you can do things like build unit tests or even copy and paste a little sample you know a bit of, of data and then when you're writing your class and saying, hi, this is an entity built from a server response that looks like this. But anything that keeps you in a playful flow <laughs> when you're trying to figure out something, because it, it helps remind you of what the original joy of writing software is. I mean, that that's to me, that was I, I still remember it in, in a way. It's like you never forget the joy of first riding a bike, that sense of freedom. It's like, wow, I can do something that seems impossible. How can I ride on, on two wheels that are really narrow? But somehow you figure out how to do it and and it seems impossible until you do it and then all of a sudden you can do it and you can do all sorts of things and you have freedom to go anywhere i think it's the same thing with with software so if 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 you're working on a tough problem especially that involves lots of different systems things that will help you get a flow and then 
and then when you have a comfortable working environment that can keep you in that flow for a long time without kind of creating eye strain or all those other things then if you learn how to do that then you will be able to do it a lot longer and you'll just enjoy uh enjoy your work a lot more go ahead top that no i don't think i can first i'm going to um go down the track that you went to and i hadn't even thought from this angle i was only thinking software so the fact you brought this up is interesting that if yeah if you work on a laptop so this is this is one for the kids out there okay all you all you whippersnappers if you work on a laptop, at absolute minimum, you need a laptop stand, an external keyboard, and an external mouse or an external trackpad. Because there is, whether you have a standing desk, a sitting desk, no desk, there is no position where you can use a laptop long-term that will not damage your body. I mean, a laptop is for the convenience of carrying it around and putting it in your bag, but as an ergonomic tool, and I see so many people, they just have the laptop on the desk, and so they're having to look down at the screen, they're hunching over it, their typing angle is wrong, and they're all you know, in their 20s and thinking it's all fine. Your body will pay for that. So, yeah, it's a, you know, a good laptop stand is like 50 bucks, you know, keyboard and a thing. Yeah, so 150 bucks, you've just spent $3,000 on a laptop or whatever it is, or your employer has. I'm sure there must be laws that says an employer must buy, have to buy you these things if you want them because of ergonomics these days. I know there is in the UK. So, yeah, definitely do that. Um, and then all the other fancy gizmos, standing desk, yeah, as long as you have a proper standing pad to stand on as well, bad for you otherwise. Um, okay, right, software-wise, yeah, uh, it depends with it. If you're working on something like a, a back-end API or networking, as an app I, called, love, I love called Paw, which is really, really good, or Charles Proxy to intercept calls if your app makes calls, Kaleidoscope, it hasn't been updated for donkey's years, but Kaleidoscope is a diff manager, yeah. Yeah, it could be Christmas present do an update. Although it works. Why did I need to update it? It works. It will stop working. A good a good diff manager. I still use Git GUI client. You're a command line guy, aren't you? I'm a manly command line kind of guy. Yeah, I'm just a bit of a not manly command line guy. You know, it's uh I like a, I like a good Git GUI. I use Fork, um, so I would uh, use that one. Uh, although anyone there? Yeah, what else there? I'd say for anything that isn't um uh, anything that isn't uh, Objective C or, or or Swift, I would use Visual Studio Code because it's a, a really good uh, code editor in there. Um, and I think most of those things. Oh no, Kaleidoscope isn't free. I'd have to pay for Kaleidoscope. So there, I bought somebody a present. There we are. Funny. So I remember earlier on, I was uh, you know remarking at the fact that. <laughs> I felt completely lost in Visual Studio when I was trying to like open files, right? You know, Visual do Studio the, Code. Visual Studio, Studio Code. Sorry. Yeah, VS Code. Sorry. Um, and yes, I agree. It's a it's a really fine uh, you know, editor and uh, IDE. But uh, I felt I, I definitely felt my age when I said, "Why Command P? That makes no sense." And then they said, "Print? Who prints? Nobody prints." And and so I'm kind of curious. I I I, I was talking to a designer and noticed that something I've been working on that the, the, you know, I, I, I said, this is terrible. You have this orphaned t- 
text and like and then i said and then i was about to like explain what that meant in terms of and now it's like oh yeah i hate orphans and widows oh my god it's terrible and why can't we have hyphenation hyphenation you know for for these things and break and and i was like oh my god you know something about typography and it's and it, it just sounds so completely stupid but you know my beginning in, in software was in, in the desktop publishing revolution so you know everybody knew something about that but now nobody cares about it and so yes but everyone had to know something about drivers and networking protocols and everything back then to get anything to work understood no no i know and i'm just it's just a, a function of, of of having been around for a while but that was the the that the, that kind of thing so it, it made me realize that that you do if you've been doing things for a while it is very very important i think for you to take the time to 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 look at things with a brand new eye because just imagine like if if you were coming off mainframe computing or workstation computing and then looking at this jokey you know macintosh with its fancy you know simple gui it was derided by kind of you know the the strong men of computing you know or you know and 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 then there were things that that you would never imagine you know thinking ever worrying about you would already on to the next order of problems and i think that's absolutely the case you know now in our industry that you always have to it, it's good to have lots of experience it's good to have you know points of comparison to have your pattern recognition skills you know exercised over years but you always have to be able to kind of try and see things from from a brand new perspective so my question to you scotty have you had your command p moment <laughs> this year or, or in recent times you mean you when I I'm, when I'm debugging, I still print the code out and get a pencil. Shut up! You just like put markers on the on the punch cards to make sure that if you drop them, you can put them back in order. Yeah, have I printed? I, I no, I don't think I printed code out this year. I don't. No, no, no. I don't own a printer. No, no. I mean, I, and 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 I'm, I should have been a little bit more precise. It's not that I was saying I was going to print something. It's that it never would have occurred to me that the the keyboard shortcut would be Command P for something that's which is for I assume it's for pattern match or when you're trying to open something and and you you can quickly open a file. It just I said why you can't it can't possibly be that because that's if you're going to print something. But then what you ever print from an IDE? So you know I, I kept my mouth shut on that one. But see, I am. An old man with a very poor memory, and so I'm. Uh, yeah, I probably use the mouse, or I'm a trackpad user, uh, more than I should do because primarily because I don't remember shortcuts. Uh, a few things. I mean, anyone, anything that's been around since the beginning of time, like you know, Command C and Command V and Command Z for for sort of cutting, pasting, and doing, undoing that sort of stuff. But outside of that, it, it's just I try and go through stuff. I try and think, oh, I went through a period of learn a shortcut a day, and that was great. But after three days, I can only remember the last two days, and the one from three days ago is gone type of thing. So, yeah, so it's, uh, it's stuff. But it is, some of them are really arcane. Once you get down to option, command, shift, yeah. P, Q, T, which I believe launches a rocket and sends it somewhere. <laughs> it's the North Korean launch sequence. Something like that, and then of course you've got to type in the uh, the Minuteman missile code, which I believe is zero 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 zero. I believe that is true. That at one point that was the codes for the missiles, because no one thought why would they ever need to do it. Um, I have no idea what I'm talking about now. Uh, um, have I had a command pit? So I mean, why? Where you just think, well, why wouldn't it be that way? Oh, none that stand out, but I'm I'm sure I get mini ones all the time. 
you slap your forehead and think, how could I have been so stupid? Well, as it turns out, very easily. Uh, <laughs> gosh, Scotty, it's much easier to be mean to you in person. Where <laughs> I haven't even been mean to you today. Oh, that's right. You're setting up for, for next year, which is 2020 is the year of you being nice to me. No, no, no. That's not what I said. I said 2020 is when I'll stop ribbing you about losing recordings. <laughs> I didn't say I'd be nice. God, Scotty, I wish, I wish, you know, I, I you know, I'm going to ask for our fractional listener. Please, please tell Scotty to stop being so mean to me. <laughs> I, but, you know, I, 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 you know, since, since you admitted that a fractional listener asked you in confidence, well, is it really as bad as you think? I'm suspecting that, you know, after all these years of, of saying, it, and if you want to tell Scotty, you know, how to stop being mean to me, where might you do it? I'm suspecting that people have talked to you. It's just it's never been ever just to say, please stop being mean to John. It's more been like, my God, how do you put up with it? Is that true? Uh, no, to be honest, any time I get a, a tweet or something telling me to stop being mean to you, I just block them. Oh, God. <laughs> you, yeah, you quickly, you know, report <laughs> report user account to yeah. Twitter. Spam. <laughs> yeah, I, remember, I can remember the shortcut for spam in mail. Because, <laughs> all right, spam. Ah, uh, that's Scott's work this year. Spam. There's more and more spam. I thought we were getting past a bit of spam. I get so much spam. I get robocall spam. It's like out of control. The number of times I've had Chinese, you know, language auto recordings. I have no idea what they're saying. Um, but then similar things like your social security card is being has been compromised, and you must. But but I will bless Apple for. You know, having done the mechanism of saying, don't let any phone call ring through if they're not in your contact thing. So it just shows up and then you can look at the transcripts afterwards and be happy with them. So clearly they know that this is a problem. They've done some nice things to help fix it. It's definitely moving on, but it's sad that they have to do that stuff and put loads of time into it as opposed to just people not ringing me when I don't want them to ring me. All right, well, I have one last question for you. Is there any piece of software that you've bought for, for, for fun or amusement or work or anything that you've found that's really helpful or, or surprising and delighting? Um, I've become a Devon Think Pro Office user this year. Um, basically, I wanted something that I, I do a lot of work for different charities in free time, obviously, got a reasonably large family that there's lots of paperwork and things for then there's um the business stuff i do and i just wanted this one great big bucket that i could chuck things in and uh, do a search but maybe have more a bit more organization and a bit more flexibility than spotlight um and uh so devon devon think pro office i think it's on version three now there was an upgrade this year it's pretty good it scans everything so if you put any um PDFs in it, automatically OCRs them, so they're all indexed in there, um, and you can tag stuff. So uh, I would say it's it still requires a bit more work than I'd like it to. What I want is a big, it's like saying I want a big box I can throw things in, and then when I open the box, it's all organized. Chuck it in a bucket and let somebody figure it out. I mean, in the financial world, they call those accountants. <laughs> right, hire humans. <laughs> yeah, um CPAs, but uh, there we are. So uh that's been um yeah, that that's been good. Uh well I'm thinking of another one. What about you? Well, uh just this afternoon on the bus home, so uh, I've been doing recording with my band. I've talked about it how uh you know, Freddie Fishfinger really got me inspired. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even I can't even remember his real name anymore. <laughs> Joe Crabtree. <That's> <laughs> but anyway, uh 
uh, you know, I, I so listening to a lot more recordings, thinking a lot more about how to, to make it work, learning a lot more about how uh, audio processing has worked, how to get the, you know, the sound. And I, I'm amazed at, at how sophisticated it's become. And like one of the things that, that this was news to me that you could take a recording, you know, of any sound you like. So, so the guitar is like saying, well, how do you want the drums to sound? It's like, I want it to sound like on this recording. It's like, great, give it to me. And you just isolate a section of, of any sound that you want to do. And then this thing will, will look at the, the frequency range of, of this and, and, and visualize it so that, you know, the sound that you already have for your, let's say you're trying to get a snare sound. So it's like, this is what the, this is the frequency range of your existing snare sound. And here's of the, the one that you're trying to do. So it makes it very easy for you to, to, to kind of get close or go in that direction. And I think that there's a lot that will basically say, okay, great. Adjust the EQ to, to move it in that direction. You can keep tweaking. So that I'm astounded by that. My gosh, I, and it's this, these are things that I kind of had imagination that it could be done, but to watch somebody who really knows how they're doing, uh, doing use it, it's, it's, it's a delight to watch. Uh, but then something that I, I just got, and I will put a link in the show notes. I was just, you know, our band records all our rehearsals and I always listen to them. It's one of the things I do while I'm, I'm commuting. And oftentimes you'll say, yeah, this is terrible. This is terrible. Or this is, wow, this is really good. We should you know, remember this. And, and, we, we put it up, we put it on Dropbox, and, and Dropbox is not bad in that you can play something through it. But my God, if there's any fractional listener that's listening from Dropbox, you guys could do so much better with it. And maybe one day you will, but like, you know, there's a, there's a player thing for it. And if, if, if you were playing a five-second sample, I guess you can get away with just having a play button. But if you're listening to an hour of, of, of audio or video, for fuck's sake, put a scrubber in there, put some things for, for doing it because it's just terrible. I mean, you know, one, I mean, there, there is a, a wheel, but if you're trying to go back five seconds, 10 seconds or a minute, you simply can't do it. And then the other thing that you want to be able to do is like, I want to make a selection of something and then copy that out and, and, you know, paste it somewhere else, make something new. So in search for something, I just like pretended I was a rank consumer and, and said best iOS audio editor and I came, and the first answer was GarageBand. It's like, okay, right. But then I open up GarageBand, and immediately it's like, are you trying to make a new EDM track? And it's like, no, I just want to like have a waveform editor. And so I got this software, and it has a Japanese name I can't remember, and I probably can't rem- pronounce it. Something like Hadukai. I don't want to embarrass myself, but I got it, and I got the impression that it was it, it was very very well reviewed. It took a little while for me to to to, to get around for it, but it is pretty amazing some of the things they thought about it because it, it it solves a bunch of problems one is that you can scrub through the audio waveform and you can you can you know expand or compress the waveform so you can get you know from from second one to to 45 minutes in very very quickly and then you can pinch outward to expand the waveform and zoom right in saying ah there's the bit i want and then you can have a selection thing that moves in it, it, it when you're when you've struggled with editing you know tr- even just trimming you know the, the things that that apple gives you for free I don't want to, you know, look a gift horse in the mouth, but trimming audio or selecting audio or selecting segments of video in, in either the photos app or the voice memo thing, it, it just sucks by comparison, but it's a tricky thing to do. This app seems to do it really well. And I was very, very happy to, to, to be able to say, oh my gosh, from last rehearsal, this, 
you know, this transition from one song to another, or this way we came out of the solo, it was so much better. And it, it, it kind of, it relates back to, to what I was saying about getting in a flow. If you're trying to get something better at something over time, you need to be able to, to just do it and then have records of it in some way. So if you're writing code, you have the code to do it. Or if you, you know, you finished writing code or learning how to code, keep a little journal saying, Hey, I learned this, or this, this is something I want to do some type of record for it. And then be able to look back over, over time. It's there, there, there really are these, you know, similarities between trying to become a better musician or better anything and, and being a software engineer. I mean, I, I, it's, 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 it's it, it's like, yeah, duh, to get better at anything is to get better at anything. But it, it really is a, a, a mindset that you want to get into. Um, so I very much appreciate the software and I hope lots of people will, will, will download it and, and then buy it and make this person rich. Uh, just to say, I'm just, just having to tweet this over her John Fox for fuck's sake, get me a scrubber. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Uh, okay, so talk about something that just does its stuff and was really impressive, really, really boring. I spoke about it on the show, but I think actually if you talk about uh, office, a piece of office equipment or software or computer equipment this year that is uh, uh, made me go, that is really, really good, uh, and it's really boring, was the Fujitsu IX1500 ScanSnap as a scanner. It was put on is amazing you just stack 40 40 receipts in it and they go psh, 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 and a few seconds later they're all done and it's identified them it's ocr them it, they go can go straight into devon think so just as a piece of uh, hardware that just does the job you buy it to buy it to do highly recommended that's impressed me this year. how sad that my most impressive thing of the year is a scanner <laughs> you 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 want a scrubber i want a scanner <laughs> and you just want to chuck it in a bucket <laughs> Yeah, that did, that did, that is right. There we are. But it, it's a bit of a good year, though. Would you say it's a good year? I think it's been an excellent year. I really cannot complain. And as we're sitting here, and you know, our our fractional listener who who stood you know by and, and listened to it while I complained about living in another house, it's really nice to be sat here. To use your oddball British way of saying that we're sitting down here. Um, uh, it is nice to be home and it, it's nice that my gosh, Scotty, we've been doing this for a long time. We're going to be going into a new decade and we're still recording this shit. And oddly enough, I don't know why we do it other than it's kind of cheap therapy or transference of, of our, of our ill state of mind to other people so that it doesn't have to build up entirely in ours. But, uh, this may be the signal from our sponsors, aka the bar down the street, that it may be time to wrap up our, our 2019 season. So, Scotty, if, if if people want to spread good cheer toward you and encourage you to to move forward into 2020 with a a healthier, um, more friendly attitude, how might they do that? I don't want to talk to people. <laughs> um, they can get hold of me on Twitter as Mac Devnet. Or on Microdot blog is Scotty and John. When people want to send you a scrubber, where should they do it? People who work at Dropbox can tweet me on uh, where I'm Jembe. That's D J E M B E, like the West African drum. Well, gosh, Scotty, um, I think it's uh, we can't really even kind of have our final, you know, holiday song, or can we? No, we can't. Well, we didn't agree which one it was going to be. We should see out the decade with a song, really. Yeah. But maybe we should go to the bar first, then record, then record later. That would be the the, the sloppy addendum. Just like, Scotty, it's been great. I love you, man. 
Oh, yeah, that was quite a few beers in then. <laughs> Are you telling me it takes that level of... Oh, my gosh. All right, okay, fine. Let's do this one out of John. I love you. Oh, Scotty, you're so sweet. I love that you love me. <laughs> I think we should move on. Thanks for listening to us for this uh, decade. If, uh, if one decade of dribble isn't enough, then, then, then feel free to come back for oh, another decade. <laughs> 2020 clarity. There we are. Thanks for listening, everyone. And until next time, happy holidays and you take care. Thank you.